The 1st of June of every year marks the beginning of Pride Month, the month where every person part of the LGBT community and its supporters go out on the streets and show off their being proud of their sexualities and their gender identities without shame. We know Pride from the famous Pride parades that happen all around the world in every country, and we know its fame for seeing Pride flags everywhere. But is Pride really only this? Pride parades, rainbows, what lays really underneath it? In this episode, I want to talk to you about the real meaning of pride, its origins, how pride started, who are the people who made sure that pride started in the first place, when did the first gay pride take place, and much more. Listen along. Hello everyone and welcome to Overreacting the Podcast. I'm your host Michelle Cerizo and every week we overreact to important topics regarding intersectional feminism. Happy Pride everyone! I hope that you are celebrating. I hope that so far you've had a great Pride Month. Whether you are a closeted person, whether you're an out and proud person, whether you're just a questioning person or just a straight person who supports the movement, I hope you're celebrating and supporting the LGBT community through its ups and downs and trying to raise awareness on this still so stigmatized topics in many countries. You'll be asking yourselves, yeah, Michelle, but what does Pride has to do with feminism? This is a feminist podcast, right? Well, let me tell you, feminism can be intersectional. That means that feminism can intersect with the gay rights movement, which is exactly what we're going to be doing today. But also, some of the frontline fighters for the gay rights liberation movement was led by two transgender women, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. You might have heard of them on Instagram or in social media posts, but you might not know what they've done or their importance for the movement, which is why I'll feature them in this episode. To kind of look at how Pride started and the importance of these two women, we'll have to set the scene a little bit. I'm going to tell you now a bit of the situation that people found themselves during the gay liberation movement in the 60s and basically tell you how the life of the LGBT community looked like in the US. So it was definitely not welcoming times for the LGBT community. Same-sex relations, for instance, were illegal in New York City. In every state except for Illinois in the US, it was illegal to have same-sex relations. So you have to imagine it was a completely taboo, no-go thing that two men or two women were together or holding hands in public or anywhere. People of the LGBT community could not work in federal positions, such as the government or could even enroll in the military. And many people who came out to their parents were mostly thrown out from their homes because the families just couldn't handle the shame that they brought to the family and other stupid things that just brought so much harm to so many members of the LGBT community, which has been the reality of many in the past and still today. These people who have been thrown out of their homes were forced to live on the streets and uh, just working as sex workers, trying to earn a living, earn a day-to-day money to survive. Because the LGBT community could not show themselves outside publicly, many gay bars and clubs have been opened so that they could express themselves freely inside of them. But these were sadly mostly run by the Mafia, who was very active in those times, the American Mafia. And they opened these bars without the requirement of a liquor license. 
The mafia, though, was not on the side of the LGBT community. They only wanted to profit from themselves. They charged the authorities, so like the police, a lot of more money for protection and also to make raids occur. Raids are sudden invasions to discover the dealing with the violation of the law. In this case, these sudden invasions took place inside these bars and were basically made to arrest members of the LGBT community, especially transgender people, to then throw them in jail. They would come in and tell us to separate into three different groups. The gay men on one side, the lesbian, women on one side, the transgenders on the other. We were, we had to produce our papers to state that we were 18 years of age to be in the bar. Masculine, lesbian women who were called drag kings at that time were informed that, you, that they had to have three pieces of female clothing on. That was the law until 1974. In the same aspect, the transgender community was also under that law. But we were treated by the police as the garbage of the homosexual community. So we were mistreated by being called, um, you don't know if you want to be a fag, you don't know if you're a woman, you're really a man. And then if you said anything to them, they would either arrest you or hit you. So we had learned through the years that it was best to keep our mouths shut. But that night, obviously, as I tell the story, that we had had enough. The Stonewall Riots is a very big moment in queer history. It's the event that marked the beginning of the gay liberation movement, a movement that has changed the world completely from the way people treated the LGBT community in the 60s to the way their life is now. That is why I want to talk to you about this, because this is not taught in the schools, even though it should be, because this event caused a whole revolution to spark. How did it come to the Stonewall Riots? Let's go one step at a time. What was Stonewall in the first place? Stonewall was an inn, basically like a bar, that is located, still located, in Greenwich Village, down on Christopher Street. In the 60s, it became one of the most visited club and bar because it allowed dancing. It was one of the only gay bars that owned like a dance floor. It was one of the only bars that also welcomed drag queens and transgender people. One of the first transgender people or drag queens who visited this gay bar, the Stonewall Inn, was in fact Marsha P. Johnson. The Stonewall riots began on the early hours of the 28th of June 1969, the year of the moon landing. That year was the Stonewall riots. This day, the Stonewall Inn was raided by the police again, coming to arrest members of the LGBT community, drag queens, gays, trying to put them in jail because they were not allowed to enact in homosexual activities. On this day, also some people, so like some transgender people, had to go to the back of the building with a female police officer just so they could check their sex. So they had to like show their genitals. That's how it worked. And that is what happened on that exact day. But this time, the LGBT community didn't decide to play along. They decided to resist the police this time because they were fed up with how the police 
had harassed them and beaten them and raped them and hurt them through all these years and just prohibited them from living themselves, their sexualities. And so they decided that they wanted liberation and resisted them. The butch lesbian Stormy Delavery was one of the people that was getting arrested that day. She was being carried to the police wagon, but she tried to fight the police. She didn't want to get into the car, and so she started fighting them. Then the police hit her on the head with a baton, and then she noticed that there were people watching on the streets as she was getting arrested. She started to ignite them to take action against the police and not allow this injustice to happen no more. And so did Marsha P. Johnson. Marsha B. Johnson's is reported to have thrown a shot glass at a mirror inside the inn as everything was going on, like the police were arresting people, trying to get out, and screamed, I want my civil rights. And she was reported also to have ignited others to throw things around too. And so they did. They started throwing things at them, coins at the police, trying to stop them from arresting their fellow members of the community. Now we'll be asking yourselves, it must have taken a lot of courage for Marsha P. Johnson to show that glass and ignite the others, as well as Stormy. The thing is, Marsha P. Johnson has been fighting her whole life. Marsha P. Johnson was African-American when she was 11 or 12. She was thrown out of her own family's home because she was gay. And she started living on the streets as a sex worker, trying to survive on survival sex which is basically needing to have sex in order to obtain money to survive. And she started also doing drag, obtaining the name Marsha P. Johnson. Before arriving at Stonewall, she was already a full-on gay rights activist and trans rights activist. So her life has been a fight, and that is why she threw that shot glass. Both Stormy and Marsha are seen as a spark of the right, because they both ignited the people to finally do something. The word then spread to other gay bars around them and people from other clubs went to help them because also they noticed that it was time to take action. They just needed somebody to call for action in order to take action. And that is why also Marsha's friend Silvia Rivera joined the fight. She was a fellow trans right activist. She was very close to Marsha P. Johnson and she also lived on the streets through child prostitution and when she was younger she was also thrown out of her house for being trans and she was taken in by a community of drag queens who named her Sylvia. Being an activist and being an angry LGBT community member she started throwing coins at the police as well as the crowd that had formed themselves in front of the Stonewall Inn. The scene became a riot. People didn't stop at coins anymore. They started throwing bottles and bricks as well. They started turning over cars. One drag queen who had been arrested and put in handcuffs, she hit a police officer with her stiletto heel and then managed to grab the key and free the other drag queens who had been put in handcuffs. And they just fought with all the violence that the police had been fighting the LGBT community with. The LGBT community was fighting back now. The police, being overpowered by the people, they retreated and barricaded themselves inside the Stonewall Inn. Some drag queens managed to uproot a parking meter and ram the door with it and smashed in windows with some trash cans as well as some people tried to set the club on fire. And through a reporter who was inside the Stonewall with the police, said that the police were armed because they were fearing for their lives. They were fearing for their lives because they saw that the crowd was so violent and so big. And especially because they had not expected the LGBT community to fight back. As they thought that, as in the other raids, 
they would be scared of being outed as gay to the society and you know being excluded of everything of every work position and being looked down upon well no bitch you were wrong they went on for three days with these riots showing their anger, showing their will for change. They screamed gay power at the riots. They wanted freedom from the police's and society's violence towards them. After the riots, which are also known for the Stonewall Uprising, the Stonewall Uprising led to the founding of the Gay Liberation Front, which was a radical group that launched public demonstration and protests for gay rights everywhere. And Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera were a part of it. After some time, these two women also founded the Sweet Transvestite Action Revolutionaries together, in short, STAR, which basically fought for the rights of the LGBT community itself, focusing more on the transgender community. Because an interesting thing is that also inside the LGBT community, there were discriminations against the different groups. For instance, the white homosexual people in the community looked down onto the black transgender community, onto black transgender women in this case. And so these two women founded this organization in order to raise the voices of transgender people since they were also being discriminated against inside the Gay Liberation Front. I have been beaten. I have had my nose broken. I have been thrown in jail. One year later, so in 1970, anniversary of the Stonewall riots, so on the 28th of June, community members of the LGBT community marched down local streets in commemoration of what happened the year before. And they walked down Christopher Street which is why their march was known as Christopher Street Liberation Day. And that is considered to be the country's first gay pride parade. And that also was the birth of the yearly pride parades that in the next decades would spread all over the world and we still celebrate today. Looking at what pride and what these trans activists like Marsha Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, and so many more achieved for the LGBT community is that in 1972, the first pride was held in London, showing that pride was now a global thing, that everyone in the world was included when talking about pride. In 1988, the World AIDS Day was designated to raise awareness on the AIDS pandemic that was going on in those times, especially in the 80s and the 70s, which affected the LGBT community the most. In 1989, the first country, which was Denmark, legalized same-sex couples in partnerships. And in the year 2000, the Netherlands legalized same-sex marriage for the first time in any country ever. In the US, it was in 2015. In Germany, it was in 2017. And in Costa Rica, it was in 2020. Then in 2014, Denmark, we love Denmark, our next favorite holiday destination, Denmark, allowed the legal change of gender without a diagnosis, which was a huge step for the transgender community to finally be seen in the world. But sadly, still in 70 countries all around the world, same-sex relations are criminalized. It's really unfair and it shouldn't be that way because in the end, 
hashtag love is love but for real like it's not only some tagline love really is love why does there have to be a gender a specific gender on how love should look like nobody ever set an image of how love should look like so stop making it seem like as if heterosexuality is the norm some of these countries are for instance india japan russia poland rwanda and many many more most of them are mostly developing countries I am happy for them. How could they not be? Mm -hmm. Deserve to be happy too. <laughs> Mother Rashi does not agree. Come to Greece with me. And not only in these countries where it's just legally not allowed to be part of the LGBT community, the community still faces discrimination every single day, everywhere around the world, in every single country. You name the country, there is discrimination in there, especially on transgender women of color, because not only are they trans, not only are they women, they're also black on top of that. So you must imagine the double and double discrimination that they face every single day just for being themselves. And that is why intersectional feminism is important, because it includes all these issues, seeing them as one. Discriminations that they face are, for instance, police violence. How many cases of transgender women of color have we seen on the news in the past years? All the hate crimes that have happened against transgender people in general. All the laws that are not really accepted by society that are imposed on the LGBT community to limit the right to life. Or all that poor and lack of actually good media representation in films, TV shows, magazines, everywhere. That poor lack of representations, the stigma surrounding it, and the lack of education of these topics in school just reinforces the whole discrimination and just hate against the LGBT community. A couple of weeks ago, Sid and I were coming home from the movies on the bus and we were holding hands. And we noticed these guys staring at us. And then we got off the bus and they followed us. What? Yes. And they were going, come on, you guys, kiss. We really want to see it, just kiss. They thought that was really funny, too. It was actually really scary. Yeah, it was terrifying. Remaining on the topic of Marsha P. Johnson, one of the biggest discriminations that she faced was when she was found dead in the Hudson River. And immediately when they found her, they said that she had committed suicide without analyzing the wound on her head, without analyzing how she might have fallen off, without analyzing whether there was a suicide note. The police just marked it off as suicide because it was convenient for them. Only some years later was the case reopened finally and finally stamped off as possible homicide. But still, why has it only happened a couple of years ago? Only when people started talking about the transgender community that the case was finally reopened. And the case is still open. We still don't know who did it. All her friends, everyone in her family was like sure, certain that she could have never committed suicide. And so the case is still open because nobody wants to investigate it further. How often have we seen that in the past couple of decades? Not about Marsha, but about other women, other transgender women of color especially, whose murders have gone unbothered or just not looked at because they were outcasts of society. That is why still every single month of June, on every year, people go out on the streets and fight for their rights. 
the right to love, the right for other people all around the world who cannot love to love as well, and just to have a free life, the one they always deserved and they were always deprived of. Nowadays, pride is much more inclusive of all sexual orientations and gender identities. While in the 60s, it was more focused on the gay community and the transgender community, much more inclusion and much more acceptance inside the community and from the outside as well. But still, nowadays, it fights for the decriminalization of same-sex marriage in all countries, as well as the rights for transgender people and for the LGBT community in everyday life to just give them their basic human rights. But most importantly, for the destigmatization of the LGBT community in general, and also raising awareness on AIDS, which is still a virus that has not been found a cure for, because there has not been made enough research for that. And people just don't know that it exists. Which is also due to the stigmatization around the LGBT community, since it affects them especially, people don't like to talk about AIDS in general. So what can you do to help, especially if you are straight and you're outside the community? Well, you can use gender-neutral language when you're generalizing about topics, like periods, for instance, because not only women can menstruate, so use more gender-neutral language with that. Use menstruators instead of women. Then ask also for pronouns when you're meeting somebody new that will normalize the non-binary community. And since they're met with non-accepting looks when they come with their own pronouns, so normalize asking for pronouns in order to make it easier for them and society to accept them. Learn about issues regarding the LGBT community, read their stories, watch their films. There are so many films out there. Netflix is an open door, bitch. There are really great written piece of artworks by transgender people. The internet is a big door to that world and it all starts with your interest. So be interested in it. Learn about Stonewall. There's much information on that. Learn about gay history, queer history. Learn more about the movement before Stonewall because there has been a long movement before Stonewall. Get to learn that life that we don't normally have access to because there is such a stigma surrounding it. Go to pride parades if you can. Normally they take place in the capitals, but it might take place in your city. So go to pride parade if you can, if you want to support them by showing up just the way the people did at the Stonewall riots. Wear the rainbow flags in sign of support, which was, fun fact, was created by the gay rights activist and artist Gilbert Baker in 1978, which is said to have been inspired by Judy Garland's Over the Rainbow. Judy Garland was considered the first gay icon for the LGBT community, and this was created as a sign of consciousness for the gay movement. Before the 70s, it used to be the pink triangle. So the sign for the LGBT community was the pink triangle, which originated from the Nazi camps where the Nazis used to identify homosexuals with and the LGBT community has owned it back and changed it into the sign for the fight for liberation. The rainbow flag has now replaced that, so wear a rainbow flag to support them. Talk about the LGBT community with your friends, with your family, especially with your family, with your grandparents. Teach them that if they're doing some homophobic things, talk to them about them have a conversation with them. It's going to be a hard conversation, but have conversation with them. Ask them where their prejudge come from and just try to make them understand the LGBT point of view of this. And 
if you're a teacher, which must be like really a coincidence, teach this at school. Or if you're a student, tell your teacher to teach you about this because it's a part of history. It's just a part of history, just the way the French Revolution was. Only that the French Revolution was made especially for white cisgender males. And Stonewall was more for the LGBT community. It was a huge revolution too. So why is that less worth learning about than the French Revolution? It's the same importance. So start teaching people about this. It will make it easier, especially for the youth, to create a safer environment for people to grow up in. And especially when they identify as a part of the LGBT community. It will make them feel seen and more understood and make them understand that it's not something that is wrong with them. And that is what we need to teach our children. Yes, now she comes with the teacher children again. You will. I'm back at it. Also create diversity in the media mainstream. So if you're a filmmaker or whatever, give a good representation of the LGBT community on screen because there's also so many stereotypes surrounding gays, especially in films. And there's too much of a wrong portrait of the LGBT community not told by an actual member of the LGBT community, which is the worst part. So give them the right representation because it can help questioning and closer the teens to identify with the characters easier. They will also feel identified just the way a white cisgender person would with any character because almost every character in Hollywood is always the typical same white cisgender heterosexual male And most importantly, call out injustice on the street and workplace, school, wherever you find yourself. So next time somebody makes a homophobic or a transphobic joke or misgenders someone after they have told them, look, my pronouns are they, them, please use they, them. And people still call them he, him or she, her. Tell them to stop and correct them and tell them that their joke is not funny because it's oppressive. But you think it's okay to come in my house? And say faggy? That's not what I meant. I know what you meant. What, you think I didn't use that word when I was your age? You know, some some kid gets clocked in practice. We tell him, stop being such a fag. Shake it off. We meant it exactly the way you meant it. That being gay is wrong. It's some kind of punishable offense. Create a more safer environment for closeted, especially kids or co-workers. Because the more jokes of these exist, the more people will be scared of coming out because they'll think, oh, they'll make fun of me. So please start doing something for it. Start doing something for the LGBT community and prevent what happened to Marsha P. Johnson. Let's create a world where murder cases like Marsha P. Johnson's are finally solved with the correct sense of justice the way a white, cisgender, heterosexual male would get perfectly with the topic. Recommendation of the week this week is a documentary film, The Life and Death of Marsha P. Johnson, which was directed by David Franz and came out in 2017. As the title says, it's basically a documentary about Marsha P. Johnson, but it focuses on the re-examination of her death and takes a look at the legacy that she leaves behind. Why are you here today? Darling, I want my gay rights now. I think it's about time the gay brothers and sisters got their rights, and especially the women. How, how will this affect you and your job? Darling, I don't have a job. I'm on welfare. I have no intention of getting 
a job as long as this country discriminates against homosexuals. She has only homosexuals, bisexuals, and trisexuals, darling. And he has no straight people. What got to me the most watching this film was that it really showed not only like the injustice she faced because of her death, it also showed the struggles of generally being a transgender woman or a drag queen in the 60s and nowadays. It just like explains to you visually what the LGBT community faces every single day, all the discrimination all the hate that they get by some homophobic and transphobic people who just don't want to accept them. It's really powerful. It really underlines the importance of the Stonewall riots. How Stonewall really was so groundbreaking and needed for the fight for liberation. It's on Netflix. If you have an account, it's for free. Watch it if you can. It will leave a print on you. Whether you like documentaries or not, I don't care. Please watch it anyways. So yeah, guys, that was the episode of today. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something today. Fun fact about Sylvia Rivera, by the way, is that she was from Venezuelan ancestry, which is, yes, she's a Latina. So cool that she was from Venezuela. If you're part of the LGBT community, I love you. Your emotions, your identities, your sexuality is always valid. Do not forget that. There will be so many homophobic and transphobic assholes out there who will try to tear you down, just, you know, make you feel worthless, but you do not let them. You deserve to be yourself. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. No matter gay, straight, or bi, lesbian, transgender life, I'm on the right track, baby. You were born to survive. So, in the words of Lady Gaga, you are valid. Always. Okay, guys, have a great week. Have a great Pride Month. And don't forget, the LGBT community is not overreacting. But homophobes might. Okay, bye.